Welcome back to The Grandstand, episode 16. Pushan here in Paris, and we've got F. Knowles in Nueva York. How's it going, my man? Whoa, look at you. Bringing out the Spanish. Yo, we're coming We're coming back from the Barcelona race. I know you like it when I hear the lisp, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love when any person who's not Spanish does the lisp. Uh, there's a lot of that going on this weekend. And, uh, you know, there's rumors that Spain wants a second race on the calendar. Did you hear about this? Madrid. No, I didn't. I did no. <laughs> Madrid. Madrid, huh? That, Madrid. Yeah. yeah. You should just do the whole episode with a Spanish accent. Bienvenido sobre el grandstand. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's not bad. Um, I didn't hear this. I mean, Spain used to have, have two races uh, back when they hosted the European Grand Prix in Valencia. Yeah, that's right. That was at like at the kind of at the height of Alonso mania when Alonso was at Ferrari, and he did win it there as well. But yeah, we've got they've got Carlos Sainz and Alonso, so they've got like the past and maybe the future. So Spain could be one of those big markets. But did you know this is a random stat fact Ooh. kind of conspiracy theory to start off? Great, uh, tinfoil hat the tinfoil hat <laughs> section of the episode. <laughs> yeah, right into it. Number thirty three was all over the place this weekend. As you know, that's Max Verstappen's number, and we'll get to him later because he, you know, he once again destroyed everyone. But Fernando Alonso is on his is looking to win race number 33, and he's officially raced in a third of all of F1 races, meaning 33%. Right. Well, 0.33, I guess, infinity. And he was in garage 33 at... Catalunya track, Barcelona track. But here we go, the, more. But the numbers, I mean, I mean that's it. That, that's quite a quite a bit, I guess, but the numbers didn't line up for for Alonso. Lots to talk about this uh the race, um another Red Bull show, but the battle for P2 behind's looking pretty good. So if we just take out Verstappen, uh, we'll have a fucking banging <laughs> championship this year. It's, it's be uh, very spicy. <laughs> Is that good for you? Picante. Uh, yeah. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> just, I love it. Do the Mike Tyson spicy. <laughs> and Espanol. All right, let's roll that intro and get into Barcelona. Oh, God. <laughs> A question for all of you except Roman Grosjean. To whom it may concern, fuck you. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access, access to, uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. All right, so once again, Max won a race start to finish uh, and was never really threatened by anyone, even a safety car, even the rain, which George Russell thought would get there at some point. But turns out it was actually sweat from inside of his visor. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Dude, he, well, apparently he put on his balaclava wrong and it got hair onto his forehead, which then drew, 
was dripping sweat straight into his eyes. So he, he like when he was on a straight or like was in the pit, that was the only time he could like try to fix it. But, um, and then oh man, he was getting interviewed too. And, and there was some, something that I guess Nico Rosberg used to put like a wet nap in his, in yeah. like on, on his forehead. So that way, like he wouldn't sweat into his eyes, which, you know, do what you do, what you got to do. But, uh, yeah, he, he, <laughs> Guy was sw- that was that sucks, dude. Like you're driving an F1 car and you're you've got salty sweat going into your eyes. Like how do you even see? Oh man, I mean it's like it was so much that it got on his visor. So you can only imagine how much he was sweating in there. And it gets hot in there as well. Yeah, it was on a sunny day in Barcelona, like a humid day with the kind of rain around. But I, I went karting last week and I was sweating <laughs> like you know in a on a cart. In a, yeah, with except, a helmet on. Except they didn't give you the balaclava, right? They gave me like this weird ass do rag thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got a picture of it, but no, it's no, only, been, no, it's only no. been used five times. It's okay. Yeah, the helmet they just sprayed with Lysol is disgusting. That's probably how I got sick last week. Honestly. Uh, oh man. Well, the but, things we do for racing. Um, yeah. Not much to report from Max. He well, here's a bit of a stat fact. Uh, he led every single session this weekend except for Q1, and he was kind of upset at that. Um, got his 24th pole, 40th win, uh, sixth hat trick for Red Bull, and third Grand Slam, which is huge. And kind of cruised to victory uh, right around 24 seconds from. Uh, from Hamilton. So another one, two for, for those two. Just quickly, Max had such a dominant weekend that at one point he was able to hear Helmet Marco's cell phone ringing. Yeah, that's when you know a, a driver's bored out there. Like he's <laughs> yeah. got things under control. He, he was had the radio on, or they had the radio on, and he was like, is that is Helmet getting a phone call? <laughs> like, what, dude? It's a bit, it's a bit of a flex, but I, I kind of like that one. Max obviously was on top of the car, but Checo was not this weekend. Apparently, he was experimenting with different driving styles to um, to match Max, and did not work. Terrible qualifying. Had to start, you know, from the back once again, and recovered to P four. But there's now a fifty three point gap between those two in the championship. I'll ask the question, does Checo have a chance or should we already give Max his world championship trophy? I say, fuck it. Give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop the season. Let's all yeah, just, use all the money for next year. <laughs> yeah. Just, why don't we just call it? Um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Does it like the rest of the grid? Um, no, I, I'm kidding, but I don't know, man. Max is, Max is on a uh, a level. I think you might have said this on one of our, our our text threads, but he is he's on a level of 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 a of a Shumi at the height of his career. Even Lewis, when he was, you know, had his his run of form with Mercedes, you know, before this, this new era of regulations and the dude's only 24 years old. It's crazy to think that he, by the end of the season will have equaled Ayrton Senna in world titles. 
Yeah, and surpassing Alonso. And his domination looks like uh, Michael's back in like 2002 and 2004. And given the amount of races he has this year, he could even have the most dominant year ever. Uh, he could definitely beat the record of number of wins in a year and Red Bull could win every single race this year. I think what makes it even more impressive is Checo is in the same exact car as him, right? And we see the results that Checo's putting in versus him. So it'd be one thing if it was if if Czech, he and Checo were going back and forth, but they're not. And no. we're, we're still seeing him completely dominate his teammate. Maybe not completely, but he's... He is yes, completely. <laughs> I mean, Checo's had some good results. I, all right, yeah, I, I, fine. I think Checo's done a done a great job being the number two there. But um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. But that's, that's but that's the thing. That's not what Checo wants. When you come out saying claiming you're fighting for the championship and you you put it in the wall in Monaco, you can't make it past. You know, uh, you, you'll make it to Q3 here in Spain, two races in a row. You can't seriously tell the world you want to win the championship like that i'm sorry against max verstappen all right fine but as you said he's a good number two and a lot of people are saying like i've heard people say like oh man if you imagine checo a few years ago you know there's no uh there's no shame in coming in second and picking up the scraps this year i was like damn that hurts first of all but that's kind of true max is uh not just a regular number one driver he's um he's already one of the greats of the sport at such a young age i was on that kind of hype train of, oh, maybe we'll get a championship. But I just don't think Checo is, he's a, he's a A minus driver, I'd say, but those drivers can't compete with the A plus plus drivers that are Lewis and Max right now. It's hard to argue that Max isn't the best driver in Formula One right now. Yeah. And he's gunning for Lewis's titles. And, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Lewis is, uh, Lewis is feeling better about his uh, his team this weekend. Uh, Mercedes came here with big updates. I know you've been excited for these. Uh, we couldn't really tell what the impact of those were in Monaco, but after a scrappy start to the weekend with two Mercs coming together and qualifying, which could have been pretty bad at over 300 kilometers an hour, they brought it home in P2 and P3. Double podium, baby. Yeah, that could have been disastrous. Uh, double podium, huge weekend, huge weekend yeah. for Merck. It puts them ahead of Aston Martin in the constructors. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I mean, it's it's. I think this is exactly what Mercedes has been hoping for. And and George said something this weekend that I truly believe, and you can you know fight me on this if you want, but Mercedes. I think has the best management and organizational structure in formula one that allows them to do something like this to start the, I mean, they started last season, just an absolutely terribly, let's not forget. Um, and they still put in some, some decent results. And then this season, Aston was kicking their ass. Um, and now we've got, I think a real battle for P2 on our hands. With, with these new updates that were in and, and it's the other thing too that that needs to be said the drivers seem like they enjoyed driving the car for the first time all season very true so huge swing in the constructors as you said uh they're now 18 points clear of aston yeah i think russell said that mercedes has the fastest development pace out of everyone i mean right. that i don't think he's too far off because i'm i'm comparing with probably only red bull and 
Uh, I think Red Bull and Mercedes operate at very, very high levels. It's so close, you can't even tell. Because if you look at Red Bull, what they're doing with a limited wind tunnel is also very impressive. But yeah, I agree. Uh, this team is well-run, well-oiled. I would say that they did go the wrong direction again two years in a row. So they're playing catch-up again. But hey, they're still trying to figure out their concept. They've got the side pods that are there. Not only the side pods, but the whole front suspension has been redesigned. And apparently the driver's getting a better feel for it. Lewis is smiling. Uh, George fought back from P12 to P3, which is huge. Just shows you how much pace they had over Ferrari, over Aston, and any of the mid-teams that were kind of getting in there and qualifying. Midfield team, sorry. I think we need this. I think there's going to be an ebb and flow between Aston Martin and Mercedes over the year. I don't think Mercedes is clearly P2. No. I don't know if you saw what uh, Alonso said, but Alonso, after the in the post-race conference was just saying, just wait till Canada, we're going to crush them. Because <laughs> apparently Whatever. Aston Martin is coming out with their big updates. Oh. Whatever teams bring their updates, it's going you know, to be a little ebb and flow. And hopefully they're all going to catch up to Red Bull by the end of the year. It does seem like Red Bull's development is not anywhere near the pace of what we're seeing with Aston and Mercedes. Um, it seems like they've really committed to the car this year. And and I think Christian even came out and said that at some point where he's like, you know, we're 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 pretty much done. You know, we'll bring some small updates here and there, but um, but they've got such a lead at this point, it's like it's hard to argue. You know, it's they're not showing those two teams are not showing the pace that Red Bull showing in the race. You know, so right. That's the other thing that needs to be said is like they might catch up to them, but it's going to be too little, too late. In my opinion, they're also they're also under the cost cap and their penalty in a situation where they have to use their development wisely for this year and start next year as early as possible. And since they have such a dominating car, my hope, my only hope is that they really switch over early to next year and that the teams really catch up. And by doing that, Mercedes and Aston Martin have a better base for next year. And I hope we actually have a fight at the top because if you took out Red Bull right now, it would be pretty tight up there with uh, Aston, Ferrari, and Mercedes kind of flop, you know, going, bouncing around. With who is the did you, say, two did you say flopping after you said Ferrari? <laughs> so, we'll, we'll get, slip. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to the flopping in a minute. Yeah, no, we could we could skip Ferrari this weekend. That's. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Um, I will say though, what's what's interesting is there. There's obviously a lot of conversation about Lewis's contract for next year, mm. um, and Toto, and probably what was his most relaxed post race outfit I've ever seen him wear. He was in like a denim denim shirt in, with a with an undershirt, and um, Will Buxton came commented and was like, there's nothing wrong with an undershirt. Uh, yes, there is sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but he, he said, you know, we need 30 minutes on the couch and the contract's done. So um, that says, it says a lot. I mean, and there were obviously yeah. rumors about, about Lewis going to, to Ferrari, which Lewis was basically like, sounds like someone got bored over the weekend when, when that all came out. Uh, I mean, I think Lewis is, as we all know, like Lewis has never raced with any other engine manufacturer than 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 Mercedes in his career, at least his Formula One career. I think Lewis is feeling good about what he sees. I think he also knows, and this is something that I've 
kind of always said, <clears throat> Mercedes knows how to develop a car and they also know how to, to make the corrections when, when they've made a mistake. You know, there's no bitching and moaning, you know, not like w- what we see at Ferrari. It's like, put your heads down. Let's get it done. Also, I mean, if you look at what Ferrari's doing these days, <laughs> it doesn't look too appealing. If you look yeah. at the direction Mercedes is going for the next 12 months, you'd rather be at Mercedes. 100%. If, if Ferrari was up there like they were last year, then maybe we could discuss, you know, the appeal of finishing your career or doing a year with Ferrari. But it seems like Lewis wants to do more than just a couple of years. I, yeah. I heard something about maybe five years. I think I heard he's... That too. He's, uh, he's seeing how sharp Alonso is, and I think uh, that's not lost on him. So if Alonso can do it, he can do it as well. I think he, he really wants to get the eighth title before he retires. He oh, won't he won't 100%. stop before he does that. 100%. Especially if- when you see the pace at which <laughs> Max is winning his titles these days. Whew. Yeah. I think he feels under threat a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like he's got a, I think in, somewhere in the back of his mind, he's like, if I don't get eight, Max will equal it. And I think there's something that should be said about Lewis not wanting Max to break his records. (laughs) Give us five more years. Um, I'm here for it. Do you see the podium celebration? It almost looked like Lewis and Max were like best friends. You know, they were laughing together. And then in the post-race conference, they were chatting, showing each other pictures on their phones. I was like, whoa, where's that 2021 aggro gone? I don't know, man. Uh... It's all for show. Do you, yeah, do, you, do you think we could see Lewis and Nico Rosberg <laughs> getting back together? No. The post-race, <laughs> interview, the post-race <laughs> interview between Lewis and, and, and Nico Rosberg was so cringe. It, it, the, two, the two of them basically acted as if they'd never had a conversation before. Oh, you mean Lewis and Nico Rosberg, the president of the LH44 Switzerland club, right? Because that's what he looked like. He looked like such a fanboy out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, what we don't know is that Nico Rosberg is actually the president of the global <laughs> LH44 fan club. And Lewis knows that and just gives him no, no respect. <laughs> Uh, just playing hard to get. Aston Martin was being hyped up this weekend, and obviously Alonso and his uh, home race. Huge. Um, I mean, there was a huge. I mean, people expected him to win. I feel, and they came down crashing with their worst weekend of the year. Yeah, I mean the the amount of Fernando conversation that started on Thursday and didn't end until Sunday night was absurd. <laughs> like. <laughs> the dude raced there last like he he's he's it's not like he hasn't raced in Barcelona before. Um it's almost as if he like came out of retirement just for this race. That's the amount of conversation that 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 people uh were putting out into the into the universe for Fernando this weekend. And like the the other the funniest part I thought about it was not, no one was talking about the fact that it was also Carlos Sainz's home race. <laughs> well, until Alonso fucked up in qualifying, I mean, I have to point that out because I, I was, I was saying that Alonso might be the the best driver this year until this weekend, uh, but he made a huge mistake uh, going off of that last turn, damaged his floor. Otherwise, he could have been up there. He wouldn't have finished that high, but he could have finished maybe P four behind the Mercs. I think he would have finished behind them, but he did jeopardize his whole race. And Science got it on P two. 
and there then everyone shifted to Carlos Sainz and I love how uh, you know during the anthems they were they were they were there kind of arm in arms like kind of football players uh, for the national anthem there so Carlos got a lot of love uh, I think on Sunday until that first stint and he just went back and back and back and Ferrari <laughs> did it again Ferrari did it again showed pace on one lap but then they just destroy their tires and the worst part is they don't understand why their car works on certain uh, tires and not on others yeah I mean I think it was just for Ferrari um, Carlos is ahead of Charles in the points Let's 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 also note that. Ooh, Charles had a, a stinker of a weekend again. And I mean, it's just it's it's getting to a point where if I were one of the Tifosi and I'm coming into a Formula One season, I am not listening to a fucking word that Ferrari is saying if it's positive <laughs> about that car. I'm just, like, there is not a thing you could tell me. I don't know. It's just starting to become the definition of crazy. I think it needs to be rebranded as just like the sleeping giant. One day we'll, oh, they'll be back. The sleeping, now, the sleeping horse. Yeah. The, <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hopefully it was, it's just, hopefully it's a little nap and you know, they can wake up soon. Cause it's, uh, it's not looking like this year is going to be anything different. They, I think Ferrari could finish P4 this year. It's, it's, it's likely. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I don't I don't see with with what we see from Merck and what we're seeing from Aston Martin and just mm-hmm. quickly on Aston Martin, um, Fernando like played the full teammate thing again, which hilarious. Um, oh yeah, when when he was catching Stroll uh, about a second a lap and told his team, "Don't worry, tell Lance not to worry. I'm not going to pass him." Yeah. There's there's a lot of layers in that message. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of layers in that message. The obvious is that he's still flexing that he's the faster driver, but that he can also play the team game. I don't know if you heard. He said he said he thinks he was fighting for the world championship. He said I can get P2s till the end, like I did in 2010, and still be in it. Well, also shows that if you don't ask to get that extra point or two, you don't you don't actually believe that it's all bullshit. Yeah. Seeing the results from Merck this weekend, I mean, it's only one race, but in the consistency that Aston Martin's had, um, even with with Lance not necessarily finishing as well as Fernando, Ferrari really needs to be worried about finishing P4 this year. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what about Lance as well. I think the first lap, uh, Lance showed some really good wheels to wheel. He's really good at the start. He managed to pass Lewis on lap one after Lewis and Lando got into it. That was a nice move, I thought. And it only took a few laps, though, from Hamilton with the Merc to get past him again. But that's some good wheel to wheel action from Lance. And yeah. I also feel that whenever Lance like throws it down the inside, you got to be really careful because uh, he likes a good dive bomb. Yeah, as we saw as we saw in 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 monaco um <laughs> yeah. inside yeah, outside everywhere yeah yes. he was he was doing the fucking hokey pokey of 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 <laughs> of trying to pass Lance was just to finish on ferrari i um yeah I, I think they they need to be really concerned that that they finished p4 this year when expectations were that they would be in the battle for p2 yep yep you know, let's get ready for next year. <laughs> yeah, once again. But that seems like kind of the theme 
Um, I know. Yeah, kind of the it's theme a... that over the last few years has just been consistent with Ferrari. And I've always said this: Ferrari gets really excited about the season that they could have, and then whether it's strategy or the car's wrong. And I think this year is genuinely the car. Yeah, I, and, and, and the drivers uh, have made some mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but I will. I will say that uh, Binotto, uh, like him or hate him. He has a technical background, and last year, technically, the car uh, fared way better. So I think uh, that was a big loss for them. And yeah, let's see. One of the big downers for me this race, I mean, apart from Ferrari, but I feel like that's always in that column, (laughs) was uh, Norris, who put in a really good qualifying, put it on P3. (sighs) We couldn't see what that McLaren had, because I think at turn two, he hit Lewis, who was breaking because Max and... And signs were going at it and damaged his front wing and had to pit on lap one and completely destroyed his race. Pretty bummed out for him because I think there could have been some some points for him today. Zach Brown was going around the garage after qualifying, giving everybody high fives. Literally, yes. I think he high fived. I think he high fived us like i think he high-fived uh, someone from formula one i'm pretty sure he, if you were in that garage you were getting a high five from zach brown so uh, <laughs> and i i just i remember thinking to myself when i saw that i was like hmm well there's gonna be massive disappointment tomorrow when i saw him doing that that could be a meme already yeah just you get a high five you get a high five he was full-on <laughs> oprahing everybody with high fives Oh man, because then McLaren finished P13 and P17. Yeah. One lap pace though is definitely there, which is weird because Sainz had it, uh, McLaren had it. Uh, well, when I say McLaren, it's more Norris. Here's my question to you Do you think that was fully on Lando? He was being impatient. I think it's not fully. Uh, I understand what you're saying because uh, uh, Lewis mentioned it. Um, I think that Lando didn't anticipate it in the heat of the moment. It's really hard. You're trying to position yourself. Lando is usually not a reckless driver, right? So, but I do think that experience would have taught him not to be so close or to kind of anticipate that because Lewis did, right? And Lewis was right behind science and Max when that happened. So, ugh. yeah, it's just a shame. Honestly, I, I don't, I wouldn't put blame on Lando to be honest, but it's a racing incident at the end of the day, especially at the beginning of the race. But I just yeah. felt like in his in his post race interview, he was a little like, "Well, it happened, and that's that was our race." So it's definitely more his fault than anyone else. He shouldn't beat himself up over it. No, no, no. I mean that happens, unfortunately. But um, no, I, I, McLaren. What is there to say? Not much, man. They're uh, they're kind of the disappointment of the midfield for me after yeah. showing a, a flash of uh, of pace. Uh, but the team that I'm keeping my eye on, and I've been saying this for the past uh, two, three races, even after their teammates came together in Australia, is Alpine. Another double points finish uh, for Alpine. In it was what was it? Ocon finished in P8 and Gasly in P10, but Gasly qualified in P3. He could have even been up there. He could have had. Bigger points, just like Monaco, I think. Uh, Gasly's not really getting the points he deserves right now, but also he did deserve those two penalties for impeding and qualifying. So yep. um, it's kind of on his team, though, more than on him. Uh, sorry, Gasly qualified P4. Uh, my bad. So he got two three-grid, uh, three-place, three-grid-place penalties <laughs> and started 10th. And yeah, brought it home in 10th. And I think that team, um, uh, keep an eye on Alpine because as the as they develop... 
they could be one of those that push and I'm, I'm afraid they might even start pushing Ferrari at one point if this continues. You think so? I mean, right now the gap is 100 points. To, so Ferrari and P4, 100 points to Alpine's 40 and P5 in constructors. They're showing a lot of consistency, Alpine, in the last few races. 60 points is a huge gap, but I think huge. that given given Alpine's ambitions, uh, clear, uh, they should fight with uh, Ferrari at least towards the the middle and till the end of the season which won't mean i i don't think they'll get p4 they're too far behind but they will start fighting and mixing it up and i wouldn't be surprised if they start mixing it up like p4 and p3 in terms of uh, uh positions um out there that might maybe i mean we'll see listen it seemed like that that scolding for laurent rossi really uh lit a fire under their asses so and, oh and- yeah fuck i still am one of those who thinks that that was the worst way you can motivate your troops. But yeah, coincidentally, it happened that they aren't four. I just think Rossi didn't read the situation well. I'm Maybe. not I'm not really happy. If my if my team boss said that, I'd be like, what the fuck, man? Some things are better kept for internal discussions. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a fair thing to say. Yeah, agree right. to disagree on that one. All right. And yeah, this is well, me. This is me going against the Frenchman here. So it's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Sometimes you got to go against your own countrymen. Like, you know, I don't really, I don't really support Logan Sargent, but, um. <laughs> but Hey, uh, in the midfields, uh, yeah. Logan Sargent was not there, but Guan Yu Joe scored some points and he, he Loki had like a really, really good drive in that midfield, uh, bringing it, uh, in what is it? P nine for two points battling with Yuki in the end. And, uh, there was a bit of an incident there with Yuki and, Yuki, I feel like you brought it up on the last episode or the one before that we're kind of seeing the Yuki of old with his radio messages kind of all over the place. And that was in full swing again. I had Yuki in, I had Yuki in for a Gromo this race and like that dude needs, I, I don't, someone needs to sit him down and just be like, shut the fuck up sometimes. I'm serious. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy. Um, and he just kind of resorts back to it. You know, the incident was pretty small on track if you, you know, when you look at it, but right. it was clearly a penalty. Like you were, you were moving under braking and you pushed him off track. Like you didn't give him enough space. That's a penalty. Yeah. He, I, I don't think he was moving under braking. I think he didn't have control of the car and he was understeering. And if yeah. Guan Yu Joe did not take that escape route, they would have hit and it would have been a penalty anyway. So I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of blocking going on too. Maybe that's that's more of what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, which which I think is fair. It's kind of like you know you saw the move with Ocon uh, pushing Alonso uh, yeah. on the main straight. I, I think that's fair. That's good hard racing. Okay. Uh, but Yuki, where I'm disappointed with Yuki is that if he had just let that go because he was clearly on older tires, he would have still gotten uh, a point. Right. And, and he kind of he kind of missed out on that, and and he was upset. Uh, there was there were some photos of Yuki after the race sitting down, kind of like you know George Russell back in Bahrain 2020 when he subbed in, just looking pissed off, and maybe maybe a few tears, just like I had after each race for Ferrari this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ferrari tears are the best tears. Oh man, well, so that's not, that's not always what... true. By the way, I don't always believe that. What, that Ferrari tears are the best tears? Yeah. It'd be nice <laughs> well, if they actually showed up on a weekend. 
Well, that's the thing. You know, it's like, that's why that's why when Leclerc won in Monza, like I actually did tear up, cried like out of happiness because those moments are so rare. <laughs> and when they happen, they're so beautiful for Ferrari. Let's look, look at the standings here real quick. We've got, I mean, Red Bull's way ahead with 287. Merck is now P2, 152 points. Aston Martin, 134. And Ferrari, 100 with Alpine with 40 in P5 and McLaren with 17 points. So we're starting to see a big gap there. Mm-hmm. And obviously we see that as well on the driver's side with Max now with a 53-point lead. And remember three races ago, we were talking about single-digit <laughs> yeah. uh, lead to Checo. So, oof. Not looking good for Checo. No. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, let's take a look at our grandstand championship and it's not looking good for, yeah, for me boy. right now. By the way... I want you to know that you didn't calculate the points correctly. I had to add four oh, yeah? points here. Yeah, because I also got Checo P4. Oh, great. <laughs> Fuck, okay. Yeah. I tried to cheat my way out of this yeah. one. You caught me. <laughs> no, I, I actually did not see it. My uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? That puts me at 44-point difference. Team LH, baby. Yes. Sorry, I don't. I don't ever do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna be a jingle. Yeah. Oh God. Well, well, you know what? I mean, all I can say is well done, my man. That was get a strong weekend. You got pole P one, P two, and P four, and I just got the the very obvious pole and P one for Max. So. Tip of the hat to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. No Gromo this weekend. No. Um, not even close, I think. Uh, but on that note, Sargent is still putting some weak performances, and I'm getting increasingly worried about him. It's not, it's not, it's not been a good start to the season for him. Well, uh, there's gonna be a little breather. We have a week off this week, and then we go to Canada. Oh, Canada. Ah, yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah. Uh, I love that track. Also, kind of a street track. One of those hybrids. It is. Canada's always a good... Uh, Canada, the, the Canadian Grand Prix, uh, is always a good time. We have a week off, so next week we'll kind of get into Canada um, and see if Merck can bring that performance to um, next track. Because they were really strong in Barcelona last year. That was my uh, pre-show caveat that I want to bring to you, is that I remember last year they were very strong in Barcelona, and then they kind of went back downhill from there. But I think that this year it's slightly different, so I'll give you that. I think they're they're putting in the work, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, if the Mercs were up there. Uh, Canada's a track that Lewis does really well on usually, so... Well, we'll see if Aston, if, if Fernando's uh, <laughs> Ivan Drago, we will crush them, we will crush uh, them. <laughs> moment comes true, too. <laughs> well, so after a triple header that turned out just to be two races because of Imola uh, being canceled. So we have a break off uh, racing this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with our Canada preview. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at the Grandstand F1 and drop us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. From myself, P-Money and F. Knowles, we'll catch you next week.